Thought Bubble Audio. Sky. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me for the second time on Beer with Geeks is the host of Third Time. Oh, my gosh. See, this is why video chat is an amazing thing, because you can tell me that right now. It's Lauren. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Howdy. This is my second time with you. Um, I was... You did one with Frank. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. We talked about our favorite show. That's right. What did you talk about? <laughs> I don't remember. Our favorite show? That 10-year-long show that has Superman in it? You talked about Smallville. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't have Superman in it. It has Superman for a part of an episode, and that's the point. It didn't have him at the end. We're not here to talk about Smallville because I'll get angry. (laughs) And I watched Smallville. I kind of like Smallville. I still kind of like it. It was just a disappointing finale. Okay. (laughs) 10 years, not one. Not one cowboy shot of him in the suit. Just not a full body shot. Give me a wide shot. Give me a full shot. I don't care. Nothing. Not a CG I'm not going to lie. I was really bothered by those uncomfortable close-ups to Tom Willing's head in the finale just to show that he wasn't even wearing a blue shirt. Yep. Yeah. It was weird. It was really weird because it was, there was either his head or the like the pinprick that was his body in the distance. Right. There was like a little uh, sprite basically. Mm, he was, oh, you know what's funny that said speaking of sprite, so I'm drinking a beer here and <laughs> so it's called Fayborn. It's a it's a Weiss, it's a Berliner Weiss, a blueberry Berliner Weiss, but you said sprite Ew. and it actually I said I'd show you the can off air. It has a little fairy, a little sprite oh. on it over there and one over there. And it's just this little girl holding a bear cub and another one's eating blueberries. And then the mama bear is like, I'm definitely going to eat you because you're playing with my cubs. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But it- I'm just going to say it's a, it's like a little poison ivy, and she's one with nature. So even like at a Disney princess level, so, so woodland creatures want to be around her. How about that? I'll take that. That's excellent. I would agree with that. But anyway, this is from Down the Road Beer Company and is excellent. Would recommend excellent beer. Are you, what are you drinking? The same thing I drink every time, Timothy. Try to LaCroix. Take, I was going to say try to take over the world, LaCroix. Is that a particular? <laughs> <laughs> so there. I'm glad you, you could pick up on my very bad uh, uh, impression of brain. Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Oh, man, I loved Pinky <laughs> the Brain. I loved it. More than Animaniacs, actually. I looked forward to <sighs> just Pinky and the Brain. Animaniacs. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Hello, nurse. Man, some of those jokes do not play anymore. (laughs) 
Oh, I have n- I've, I've never actually rewatched any of those things. I'm now I think I'm a little terrified too. Oh yeah, some of them are great. The President Song and the Countries of the World will always be the top. Those were always the best. Help you know the presidents, help you know what country of the world, even though a lot of those don't even have the same oh. names anymore. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, we're here to talk about something that is not beer or Animaniacs. But although that would have been a great segue. It would have been an amazing segue. <laughs> next on time. brand. Yes, next time. We're here to talk about DC Universe's Titans because you're a big fan and I'm a fan. And the new season is starting soon, and we should talk about season one because Frank's a loser and didn't watch it. Just kidding. Frank's not a loser. He's a great guy, but he didn't watch it. So you love, love, love this show, right? Yes? I do love the show. And the thing is, is I think it's one of the... I think it's like the best superhero television show that's ever existed, and I think we're only at the tip of the iceberg. Like, that's um, I love last season. Woohoo! That is high praise. I, I know. I know it's kind of crazy, and this is this comes from a girl who loves Smallville and who watches like all the Arrowverse shows basically, um, and who likes some Marvel Netflix shows too. But the thing is, is all the Arrowverse shows is they um, they suffer from a formulaic plot setup where there's always like a superhero and his team, and you know uh, the the richness of those heroes is that they're usually able to work independently, mm-hmm. like operate on their own, um, aside from the bigger missions with the Justice League, um, and. I'm really tired of seeing a tech genius on every single uh, show. And there's always like this need to throw in like a million pop culture references that people my age actually do not know. <laughs> like I might know like every five that they mention. Um, and then you have the Marvel Netflix shows, which I think they're really, really good. They have a lot of depth, but they feel a bit like detective and uh, like cop procedurals. If you like watch them back to back, it's just like, oh, this vaguely has superhero elements in it but not really you know that's an excellent that's an excellent distinction because i would argue that daredevil is the i would argue that's the best superhero television show to date and i've watched most if not all of them at some point in my life but you're right it is more of a cop procedural show or Mm -hmm. or even a maybe a a criminal or a court show than anything else right. with superhero elements to it, which still makes it a superhero show, but it's not the focus in the way that, say, the folk, like, um, you, no one would argue that Flash is a CSI show that involves the Flash. It's a, right. it's a superhero show. So for Titans, it's a straight-out superhero show. And it's really the perfect middle ground in between those two, because it, it never at any point is not trying to be a superhero show. Um, if anything, you kind of just get carried away with the characters sometimes, but like it, it never, they never um, do that thing where they vaguely hint at, oh, this used to be the costume or something. It's no, there's, there's that costume. We're not joking about it. Um, and I, it's, you know, last season I did have uh, problems with it, but I was just so amazed at how much I liked it. And I have a really good feeling about season two. I feel like, it's going to blow everything we've seen so far out of the water. It's going to be the full-fledged thing. Were you expecting to like it or were you were you apprehensive? I thought I was going to love it. Um, and I'm very proud of this because when that trailer came out, everyone was um, bad-mouthing the certain elements. They were like, oh, it's so dark. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what's with that horrible CGI with the... the um, Robin jumping the, down off the bridge hey- or... Or what was it? The is it Haley Circus? Haley Circus, yeah. Haley Circus. They were talking about that, and I said, "No, I just have a super, super good feeling about this. Like it's going to be great." And then um, sometimes when you go with that mindset, it actually kind of sets you up for failure 
but um, it didn't go that way for me. Yeah, normally that that type of uh, my expectations are generally much larger than my eyes. I guess as the paraphrase saying goes. So I, <laughs> so I have to temper my expectations all the time. Uh, and since you're such an academic, it's so, it must be so difficult for you because you naturally just break down everything, everything. everything. It's funny that you say that. Cause I, my, my wife's cousin is a professional, um, cinematographer and I, he was, he was just over visiting from LA and I was talking like, Do, is, are like movies ruined for you? Like by watching them? And he says, yeah, about 10% is entertainment. 90% is work. Like I like, Oh, I see how they did this. And I see how they did this. I see how, uh. and, and I do the same thing, but with stories, I'll like look and be like, Oh, this is how you did this. And this is where it's going. And now I've just ruined the plot for myself. <laughs> Shoot. So a show that can surprise me, a show that can surprise me is always in my good graces and Titans surprised me. And I think same. And I think that is why, I I think that's why I took to it. I didn't love the first season. I really liked the first season, but it was definitely a DC universes where we're like we're we're figuring this out, like what the audience likes, what it doesn't like, what how far can we take this, how far can we not take this, and as, I think each progressive episode got better. I think they got, like got more comfortable with the fact that it was a comic book show. If that makes sense, it does. I never thought about it in that context. I thought that from the beginning, they knew what they were doing, though it is a very interesting um, departure because it actually, I'm sure you know this, it is helmed by Greg Berlanti, mm -hmm. who does all the the Arrowverse shows. Um, and I think he works on The Shitling Adventures of Sabrina as well and Riverdale, Pretty, I uh, Definitely Riverdale, which makes sense if he does Sabrina as well. I think he has something like 40 shows in production. At That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, crazy good for that guy. No, no, but I'm I'm so excited because you know this is a man who knows how to knows how to do, or I guess he proved that he knew how to do, uh, more than one superhero show, and I'm really excited at the prospect of what's coming. Or I would think I would expand that to say like he knows how to do more than one type of superhero show because as you say, like the the CW shows, the Arrowverse shows are formulaic and not just say like exactly. in their their like episodic. 22 episode style but like you have the superhero and you have the the nerd character and you have the this one and you have a this mm -hmm. and it, every show you can plug in this characters to any show which work when they have to cross over with one another and and when you like it's if you you instantly understand one show by watching another one just because right. the formula works which is really which is really strong but like you said titans kind of proves that he doesn't have to work within that formula to make superheroes work yeah and uh some of i had a lot of surprises with uh titan season one um namely there let's see i think i only cared about one character going into this i only cared about dick grayson mm -hmm. really and you didn't um get, like no yeah. raven for you no starfire or beast boy i mean i I, I only watched a couple episodes of the Teen Titans animated show, so I wasn't like in love with those characters. And even then, my predominant thought with Teen Titans is that this is like a weirdly ambiguous Robin. <laughs> That's like my my <laughs> bottom line thought with that show. Um, but yeah, I wasn't overly attached to any of those characters. Um, but then uh, they came in and they had um, what was it the second episode is like Hawk and Dove, right? Yes. 
Yeah. And then Characters another I episode. Don't care about it all, but the show. Exactly. But the show makes me care about them. That's genius. Well, here's the thing: is I still didn't care about them. Episode two, and when that other episode was coming up, that was going to be um, Hank's entire backstory. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God, here comes this week. I just have to watch this to watch it because I don't care about it, but I'm a completionist and I have to watch it anyway. And I was so moved to that entire episode. It made me care about a character that I had like a negative um, amount of interest in, basically. Yes. It wasn't like I wasn't interested. It was like I have such a negative amount of interest in this character. And um, I have very strong opinions. And if you can change that, like that's incredible. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I like disdained hawk and dove really hawk more than dove actually (laughs) for some reason yeah i just i i thought like the names are stupid the original concept is dumb and all of this stuff and comics over the years television shows when they popped up in justice league and you know things like that still never did it for me it wasn't until this live action show until titans in that in that those hawk and dove episodes where i was like wow they're cool they really play off each other well and this is like a it's almost like watching a, I don't, a buddy comedy is not correct. It's almost like watching Lethal Weapon with Hawk and Dove or something like that, but also their boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was really amazed at the, the storytelling that they were able to do in that second episode with how much um, time they uh, they covered with all the vignettes between Hank and uh, his brother was Donnie, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. And then from Dawn number one to Dawn number two, just the way they moved through that was, uh, that's a lot to move through. They moved through like an entire lifetime, basically. Well, the the beautiful part about a streaming service is that you don't have exactly 42 minutes or something like that. You know, like, yes. we have to wrap this up right now. And so if what the Hawking Dove episode is going to be a little bit longer, it's going to be a little bit longer. Everybody shut up about it. Actually, and on that note, um, I definitely took longer than an hour on my lunch break the day that the <laughs> the show premiered. I was watching in my car, um, and and I had to park in like a shadowy spot just to see everything that was going on. <laughs> Done that. And it was, uh, or no, it wasn't the first episode because I watched that with friends. But there's an episode that came out later that was, uh, I think it was like 65 minutes or something, and I was like, oh, I'm definitely late. <laughs> Gotta not not watching while driving, folks. That's illegal and dangerous. Get out of my way gotta gotta park no no i was like i was like parked but like i had to like leave my, the job i was on go to the parking lot and blah, 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 you know so i was gone for about uh 75 minutes and the lunch break was an hour <laughs> whoops and you were never asked back again no <laughs> that's excellent that's excellent so how, have you watched it more than once there are some episodes i've watched a bunch of times and I think I've told you about one of those episodes. Yes. Well, I would actually like to talk about that episode right now because I'm pretty sure you're talking, uh. about the Don- you're talking about the Donna Troy episode. Yes, I am. Yeah. Or the first Donna Troy episode, I should say, which I think I said to you, I, sa- I definitely said to you off air that I think it's the, it might be the best episode of the season, at least for me, because it, it set the tone that I wanted. And Frank and I say this all the time on the show that my favorite superhero shows or moments are when they're literally just sitting around talking. Like, uh... and it's about their themselves and their relationship and they're hashing something out, you know, because they're real characters. Like, mo- not that right. I don't care when they like fight Trigon or anything like that, but. I actually care a little bit less about that, and I care more about them, like, figuring their lives out. Hard agree. 
I am obsessed with um, Dick and Donna's relationship. I agree so much that, and that's something that Titans does so well is like, I do love all the superhero stuff, but I'm just enamored whenever they have these superhuman moments, whenever they go into um, the characterizations uh, for these people who are watching. Um, you were right. Donna Troy is definitely my favorite episode. I think I've watched that four or five times, which is a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I'm so, so impressed. And also, Donna Troy is a character I did not care about. I was like, okay, that's definitely Same. a Wonder Girl. Yeah. And I know nothing about her. And then I tried learning about her and I was like, okay, why does she have like nine separate origins on Wikipedia? I don't know if it's actually nine, but it might as well be it's nine. pretty um, close. I, you keep talking. I'll, we'll actually check to see how many origins she has. <laughs> One look up, folks. Because nobody, yeah. nobody actually, n- nobody really has settled on a Donna Troy origin. And even in Rebirth and New 52 and everything like that, it's still confusing. Like She, um... I remember that there's one version where she lost her family in a fire and that's the one the Titans went with, which, um, this is the cool thing about shows like this is that might become like the definitive thing. You know how sometimes like once it occurs in one canon, it just sort of everyone copies it. Um, the question is, is like, uh, to what extent is she an Amazon because she was kind of adopted? Um, anywho, I love the episode so much. Again, I did not care about Donna Troy as a character. And then she came in and she just like sassed Dick the entire time, who was my favorite character in that show up until that moment, probably. Um, And it was just, uh, it it was entrancing. Do you, so do you like her because she was able to put your favorite character in their place? You know what I mean? Like, so there's like, this is, this is getting kind of, golden age of hollywood nerdy but there's a true story there's a a true story that lauren bacall actress lauren bacall was um had a had a high-pitched voice and the director um um howard hawks was like you gotta you gotta change your voice or like you like people won't hire you so she went away for a couple (laughs) weeks changed her voice and then and then they went to and then he like took her to this party and he couldn't get, she couldn't get a ride home from a guy or from anybody. And so the director, they were friendly with each other. And he was like, well, how did you talk to everybody? She's like, I was really, really nice to everybody. She's like, don't put, put men down. And then they will, they will talk to you. They will become attracted to you. And they will do what you need them to do, like give you a ride home. And she was like, okay. So she went up to this guy at a party. And she was like, hey, where'd you get your necktie? And he's like, why do you want to know? It's like, so I can tell people where not to shop. And he gave the, and he gave her a ride home. And that man was Clark. That man was Clark Gable. Oh, my God. Yep. True story. Actual true story. Um, and so is Donna Troy Lauren Bacall in this situation is my question. I hadn't considered that, but I feel like that's going to be the episode title. <laughs> As a listener of Beer with Geeks, like sometimes you guys say something, I'm like, oh, that's the episode title. Um, so is this episode title Lauren I'm, Bacall is? I'm glad that you said that. Because, <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because Frank usually takes care of the episode titles. Fun fact into the show, he usually writes them down. Oh. He waits for me to say something amusing and then he writes it down. Um, so I guess that's my job. This. So Donna Troy is Lauren Bacall. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. That's uh, that's definitely an option. It's a contender. We'll see how it goes, folks. It's a contender. Um. She might be that for me. Um, it was a combination of a lot of things. Um, 
and I remember when Connor Leslie was cast, and I was like, who's this? Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't care. <laughs> Not go see the other person's face until I show up in the episode because that's how much I don't care. Um, and then I was amazed how uh, how the actress came in after Donna Troy is like episode eight or nine or something. It's like very late in the show. Um, I was amazed that this actress was able to come in and um, not only was she able to just act the hell out of her role, she was able to just seem as if she had known all those people for like so long. Like uh, it's it's there's two types of like uh, uh, comfort that she came into the role with. It was I'm okay being with this actor who's been every single episode of the show. And then also I'm okay with uh, acting with him as if I've known him for actually 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. That was so impressive. And I, I think I love that episode because their chemistry is amazing and you don't see a lot of platonic relationships um, that are done that well. And ones that uh, are that, that well done immediately versus like, there's a little something, and then two seasons later, the producer's like, oh, people keep on commenting on this. Maybe we should develop them as friends more, you know? Right. Yep. I I absolutely agree with that. Like, I think um, even Friends, like Joey and Chandler, is a really, like, great example of that, because Joey originally on Friends was supposed to just be the roommate. Like, he actually wasn't really supposed to, like blend with Chandler and they weren't supposed to be best friends the way that they ended up becoming on the show because the audience responded to their chemistry and so it like, right. adapted for them to be closer than like say Joey and Ross or something like that but that's a non-superhero version of that but but Donna comes in and feels like she belongs in the world and then she feels I mean, she really feels like she could take everybody down at the same time, which is which is also, <laughs> I think, is also really impressive because you've, say, watched Dick Grayson as Robin do his thing uh, several times already. Right. So I think that's, I think that's good. I think um, I, it's time for a very important question because it's us and the last time that you talked to me on this show, we talked about superhero costumes, <laughs> and so we should definitely be talking about the superhero costumes of Titans. Or lack thereof. So let's start with the definite superhero costume. How do you like the Robin costume? I think it looks great. Um, They got the colors there. They didn't mute them too much. Um, I love the chest plate. Um, Yeah, I I love it. I don't really have anything negative to say about it. There's, There's probably design I could love more, but not bad. No, I agree with you. I think it's one of the best ones. I think it's one of the best ones out there. Because I always watch superhero tv oh you have the robin star oh jealous even though it's not a star star wait don't you have this no i do not don't you have this I do oh not. Uh, for our listeners um i always kind of like fiddle with something and uh when i'm recording and uh, i've been fiddling with the uh the robin throwing star from uh that they gave out new york comic-con last year it's basically like a replica of what he has in the titans show and i thought tim had it no i do believe that co-host of Academy Rewind, Palmer, was supposed to give it to me and never did. So, Palmer, where's He where's might star? have kept it. He, <laughs> he didn't I remember the show. What a... Oh, my goodness. Wait, I'm always getting Palmer in trouble without realizing it. I know. I know. That's okay. I mean, it's okay. I am fiddling with a 1989 Batarang. <laughs> we're both so we're we both have like a uh, projectile weapons that's right hand projectiles which i mean is useless in our conversation right now because if i throw this at my computer <laughs> screen it will not affect you at all apart from maybe vaguely surprising you but that's about it anyway 
I think the Robin costume's great, but I, I also think about, like, okay, these actors have to wear this all day, you know, long mm-hmm. into the night. So so how functional is it for them as actors while also looking great on screen? And I always take that into account more. Right. I think that into account more on on a television show than a movie because several seasons of wearing that of that suit versus several months of wearing that suit, you know, with several months off as an actor. And it, I, I see you, but they definitely need to replace that flash cow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no, the flash cow is just <laughs> gross. It does not look good at all. That is just terrible. But we're not here to talk about that. Oh, it's so gross. We already did talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we did. It's so bad. It's so bad. But anyway, I really like the Robin suit. I really like Jason Todd's Robin suit as well. Um, and I'll come really? I'll circle back to Jason Todd, and we can talk about him in all of his Jason Todd. Yes. After we get through the rest of it. But what about the looks of the rest of them? Because they're vaguely in this, like, Starfire is like, I wear a dark hood. And, like, Beast Boy is like, I wear my right. my red jumpsuit. And, you know, like, all those types of things. And they're not really wearing costumes because they're still people. They're not superheroes right now. And so mm-hmm. do you think we're going to be getting some costumes this coming season is my question. From that uh, trailer, that sizzle thing that we saw, mm-hmm. there's going to be so many costumes on that would be able to handle it. But I do have one more note on Dick Grayson, though, because there there's something very important about Dick Grayson that goes beyond costume. He is supposed to be a very pretty boy, and I am so happy with Brenton Thwaites as <laughs> Dick Grayson. He has the, the pretty boy hair. He has the pretty boy eyes. He has the pretty boy everything. And I know that's not technically costuming, but I'm so happy with him. No, I agree with you. Dick Grayson, I mean, if you're like a like really dive into like comic book, I mean, most, if not really all superheroes are good looking, right? That's like part of a thing about being a superhero in a comic book. The majority of them are amazingly good looking people. But Dick Grayson is even known within the DC universe for being yes. extraordinarily good looking. Like it's not like it's, it's everybody's like, yeah. good looking, but Dick Grayson's even better looking than all of the good looking ones. Um and I It's literally part of the show where they say he's pretty. Well well less prettier than Donna, but pretty. I mean he is pretty. I mean he is pretty. <laughs> I can recognize that, at least. Um, Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. He may not do it for me, but I recognize that he's pretty. <laughs> Man. So, uh, other costumes? <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's pretty much it for costumes, because even, like, when it gets to the rest of the show, there really True. aren't yes. costumes. I mean, there's, like, Batman's costume in the nightmare sequence but that's all hidden in shadow anyway it's just a silhouette so it's not right it's hard to say like oh this is like this is the costume or anything like that but speaking of batman i do love that bat cave and batmobile like we see glimpses oh, yeah. glimpses of them but great great it actually looks like a cave and it looks like a batmobile because i'm real tired of like armored tank batmobile could care less about yes. that style and the last bat cave on screen looked more like a concrete bunker than a cave, and I don't like that. Give me that's the thing give is give me the bat cave. Uh, I agree. Titans. Um, that's one. Of the, that's part of the magic of the show is it pleases me in ways that I didn't know that I was like looking for. Mm. So when they showed the Batmobile and it was like vaguely sort of Porsche style, vaguely like Batman the Animated Series. Um, like looking, that was just like a, you know, the cherry on top. I didn't know I needed that. Then I saw it and I just howled out of like delight. It was so good to see. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't 
But that's part of the tempering expectations bit where I didn't even know I was looking for it. You know, I, I wasn't. Right. I didn't know what to expect. And so, you know, because for years, it, I mean, we talked about Smallville at the top of this podcast, but like you couldn't do a lot of, st- you know what I mean? I still have like that Smallville mindset where like, oh, things are allowed and things aren't allowed. And what can we see and what can't we see and everything like that. And so right. to actually be able to to actually be able to see stuff like real comic book stuff then that's exciting that's exciting i can't believe that we're gonna get a live action television bruce wayne has that ever happened wait sorry that was a really dumb question post batman bruce wayne don't make that face at me (laughs) i don't know old chum that seems well there's adam west naturally you know many years and then gotham you know we that just wrapped up so you know for those who are who didn't know. I apologize for not acknowledging Adam West, but I assume you were reacting mainly because of Gotham. I actually was reacting to Gotham. I wasn't even reacting to Adam West. <laughs> That's the best part. Because I was like, we've talked about Gotham so much. So much have we talked about that show, you and I. And... That's what I thought of immediately, but I mean, really, yes, we have seen adult Bruce Wayne on screen before in that of Adam West, though it, that is a much different style. So we have not really seen this style of Bruce Wayne in live action before, though we're going to get two, um, I would say, silver foxed Bruce Waynes in one television um season i guess because we have titans premiering in september with a a bit of a a more rugged older bruce wayne and we Mm -hmm. also have kevin conroy playing an older bruce wayne on the crisis on infinite earths crossover i I just got so confused for a second (laughs) okay yes that oh my gosh i forgot about that yeah so we're gonna get elder statesman bruce wayne twice in in this little world i mean that's that's crazy that's I mean that was that's it really unheard is. of for years and years and it's, years. I mean the whole reason Green Arrow was on Smallville is because they couldn't use Batman or Bruce Wayne, so they used Green Arrow right. instead. And then Supergirl was was a show, and for that entire first season, we're like, is Superman ever going to be allowed on the show? And then when he, um, you know, Tyler Hecklin's been on Supergirl so many times now, but every time it's like, wow, I can't believe they can do this. It makes sense. He's supposed to be in that property, um, but just because we've had. Uh, we've had things sort of dangled <laughs> above us. Like th- there have not been low hanging fruit when it comes Community to little nerds. <laughs> come get your hopes and wishes. You know, I know. Um, just the idea of having like a uh, a Bruce Wayne that like an adult Bruce Wayne, a post Batman Bruce Wayne that we can take seriously. Uh, live action is just uh, television. Is I don't even know how to deal with that. That's crazy. No, I know, and. I don't expect to see Batman. I expect to see Bruce Wayne, if that makes if that makes sense. Because uh, I can't remember. I can't remember who's playing him. It's the guy who played Sir Jorah on Game of Thrones, Ian Glenn. Ooh, I did that without looking that up. You, I have a witness. Did not look that up. <laughs> um, Ian Glenn is in his fifties, I think, maybe his sixties already. So I think he's in his sixties. So right. So this is. I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting a um I'm not expecting to see him dress up as Batman. I'm only expecting to see Bruce Wayne. And for the direction yeah. of the show, I think they're going with the okay, Batman's on the way out, so we need Titans to be on the way up, if that makes sense. I will say the timeline this is the hardest part about being a DC fan is 
um, it's you always have this argument if you have access to all these things why can't you just put them all in the same place or like you know act nice or like get them all in the same universe remotely it's so frustrating um and with titans it's dick grayson is about 29 years old and then they said jason todd is 19 which that kid he is like i think he's like 22 or something mm-hmm. he's a young adult um he's not most 22 year olds don't don't have growth spurts so that's really confusing for me to look at that actor like they should have like if they were going to go with him they should have right away said he's only 15 or something um because then he has time to grow into the physique and you can believe him as like a red hood character later i have a additionally question though did they say that on the show or did they say it off the he's or like in an interview. I or think something. he has a line where he says he's nineteen. Like uh I think he steals someone's alcohol and then I think Dick gives him a look and he's like, I'm nineteen or whatever. Could be lying. He He could be. He could be lying. Uh, it would be it's Jason's MO. That would be great if he's lying. Jason's he MO looks like he's fifteen. Yeah. I maybe they were fifteen to seventeen would be they great. They might have also been trying to get around the like child endangerment thing. And so by making him nineteen, it like kind of allows him to be an adult to make those own choices even if he is a young adult and not making great life decisions you know regardless of his age whether he's 15 or 19 it it really bugs me though because dick should be he shouldn't be 29 when jason's 15 to 19 however old old he is i agree with that i think that their the age gap is a little too far apart but they're Mm -hmm. i mean if if they don't really mention their ages, I don't really think about it. Or I'm such a stickler for ages. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't. That's another thing. Is as Bruce's is, is like 60s, and I think um, following canon, I think even with with Dick being like a roughly around like 29 years old, Bruce should still be in his early 40s. So it's weird to me to see him as like a six year old man and like uh, actually looking like his dad. And that shot in the in the new trailer when they're walking next to each other, like it's like dad. wow, that is his old man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Unless, I mean, it's just because the, just because an actor is a certain age doesn't mean they actually play an age. And that goes younger or older. So let's say Ian Glenn actually is like 62 or whatever. He might he might be technically 52. You know what I mean? See, <laughs> see, my thing about that is he is visibly in like his 60s. And they made him look better than that, but he still is visibly like uh, a middle-aged man versus like a, I don't consider early forties middle-aged. Maybe that's me in my New York life, but hmm. he he looks like someone who's in his like fifties or sixties. Um, like he looks like a, a guy who's really good for that age, but he still looks of that right. age. He's if not that makes like sense. Tom Cruise, good for his age. He's like regular human, good for his age. I don't know if I would say Tom Cruise is good for his age, but okay. Tom Cruise is in his 50s. He looks amazing. I see plastic surgery nonstop when I look at his face. It doesn't matter. He still looks amazing for his age. Cher technically looks amazing for her age, too, even though she can't move her face. You know? Like. Okay. You know. Okay. Bruce Wayne would definitely get some plastic surgery to keep up the Playboy facade for as long as possible moral of the story lauren gets really frustrated when it comes to ages and people just like having just having such a divergent canon when it comes to ages like it it uh it blows my mind in the worst way well i think i i generally agree though i i think that 
TV, you can only give so many, like, it can only be so close, you know, because let's say this actor's perfect, except he's three years older than the age he's supposed yeah. to be, you know, and things like that. Plus, right. b- between seasons, like, months happen, years happen, people, like, it would be like getting angry that, like, um, well, Daniel Radcliffe was 11 when he filmed the first Harry Potter but he wasn't 17 by the last one. You know what I mean? It's like, it's impossible. They got very lucky with that cast. They got very lucky with that. I agree. But like, you can't, you can only keep people's ages so close at, at one point. So, um, so either the story has to move along with it. And I'm pretty sure that we're like, they're at the point now where like, okay, you can use old Bruce Wayne. Is everyone okay with that? Is that like a thing? We can't use Batman, but you can all use old Bruce Wayne. That seems to be the, new allowance so we'll see what happens i dream of a world where there's no uh caveats to using characters in a property yeah me too and i, I think we'll reach that we'll <laughs> definitely reach that point one day because like we will whoever, be 50 right but i mean whoever <laughs> thought that we would reach this point where true where multiple actors playing the same part are going to team up in crisis on infinite earths and you there's literally a whole streaming service devoted to dc superheroes with dc superhero shows there's you know there's whoever thought there'd be a teen titans basically adult titans television show plus swamp thing again but good this time you know and doom patrol of all things and you know that's so any, I think anything's possible. I've, I'm becoming much more of an optimistic fan as I get older as opposed to getting angry at things because it seems to be if you wait long enough, dreams do come true. I guess. <laughs> I know, it's so much more fun to be angry. I know. Jason. Oh, it's definitely not. I it's I have a weird uh, disillusionment relationship with these things. Is um I get really angry and then I just stop caring and then I get surprised. I'm like, oh, this is great. And then I start having the expectations again and then I get angry. Mm. So I just, the the moments when I'm not expecting anything, but then something just happens, I'm like, oh, that's great. I wish I could live in that. But that's the, that's the weird, uh, I guess, self-fulfilling prophecy of you making something so good that I get invested and I want more. That's right. I mean, even between seasons, let's say season one was good. I mean, this could do a Krypton and season two could be incredible and like eye-popping and you can't get enough or it could i really think that's how it's going to be yeah i hope so because it could go the way of say oh i don't know flash season three flash season three i was gonna say true detective season two you know like anything like that like it could just take up even stranger things season two people were not up on the way they're they like season three so it could take a dive i'm not sure Two things. I want to talk about Jason really fast, and I want to talk about what's coming in mm-hmm. season two. Sure. Uh, I really liked this version of Jason because instead of him just being a a whiny kid just for the sake of being a whiny kid, he has, like, real – I don't know. I guess he has 21st century aggression, if that makes sense. So he's going to feel dated. In a, even just in a few short years, but I think that will only add to my dislike for that character. In that, if that makes sense, like because you're not really supposed to huh. like Jason. So if he's like, "Hey, bro," and this and that, all like this thing, like you're like, "Oh, just you make me cringe." It'll only make <laughs> you cringe more. So it's like a fine wine in reverse. He's only going to get worse as you get older, and it's going to be great. That's very interesting. I I love his attitude. He feels every bit like um. 
uh, of course, we always go back to uh, Batman Under the Red Hood, like one of the most perfect animated movies ever. Um, That kid who's doing the flips and he says, this is the best day of my life at the end of the movie. Um, This Jason Todd does actually feel a lot like that to me because he's so excited to be Robin. What I'm not down for is they did give him legitimate like psychopathic traits. Um, when he just stomps that cop and like basically breaks his back, mm. that was, you're just attacking a cop for no reason. It's not like, cause Jason's rules. I think he goes after people who hurt women and children. That's right. Um, but I mean, maybe you could justify it as he's a kid. He doesn't know what's right or wrong, whatever. But at the same time, I still think he's old enough that that's such a harmful way to think of the character. Well, I think that it could go two ways because if you could say like, oh, he's just a kid. He doesn't know right from wrong. You know right from wrong when you're seven. So like you don't yeah. really have and an like excuse that sort of... when you're 19. Right. And that sort of talk is like what we frown upon in other situations. Right. Um, so like I don't want to allow it being aware of that. But at the same time, like I know that you don't make good decisions when you're younger usually. Usually. Or like you would probably do a lot of things differently as an adult. Right. His upbringing lends him to be a little damaged, and then being Robin doesn't actually help him. It makes it worse, whereas it helped Dick a great deal, even though he doesn't see it that way just yet. At the end of season one, it helped him, and I don't – like, Jason is the antithesis to that, and so I like that the show is kind of setting up, like, a collision of ideologies on their part, and I think it's going to blow up in a big way. So I'm looking forward to – I'm looking forward to – that um season two really really fast because we're over time now for beer with geeks oops um of course (laughs) um, what are you most excited for within the coming season donna Donna. (laughs) i can't wait to see more from that like one episode and then maybe the 15 seconds we have her in the later episodes i just can't wait to see her interact with the cast more i want to see her like order everyone around basically Mm -hmm. like I, I can't wait to see her as, like, a, the mother hen to the Titans. That's what it seems like she's going to be. Yeah. I'm looking forward to less running around, what are we doing, and a little bit more like, okay, we're superheroes now. Let's do this. Let's be superheroes. I do agree. Yeah. I need a little bit of that. I'm, say, like, not entirely interested in, like, what Trigon is up to. That's kind of how the episode ended. And I'm like, I don't really care, honestly. Like, even, like, Starfire's mission and everything like that, I'm like, need a little, I'm just, ugh, just, okay, need need some, need some more, need something different. Not sure what it is. Well, we do have a really awesome tease for next season. Some And actually, um, the season two premiere was supposed to be the season one finale. Yes, I knew that, where they felt that the, it works, but be- it worked better as a premiere and not a finale. Uh, or the that previous episode ten or whatever it was worked better as a as the finale than what their finale was. So they were, I think they reshuffled some things. Like it's not just this was the episode. I think they went back and reshot some stuff just to kind of make Agreed. it blend in a little bit more. So I think it's we'll defeat Trigon, but not completely defeat Trigon kind of thing. Like uh, we're gonna hold this back, and it's gonna be an overarching problem past you know it's not like oh my gosh we killed the one of the most powerful beings in the dc universe in a snap go go team well she raven does have the jewel on her forehead in the um in the previews right. so they might actually nip that in the bud I mean, additionally in the jewel, telling you yes yeah yeah additionally though the problem with all the the what's what do you call it the arrowverse shows or at least 
in my opinion, the problem with them is the season long villains. Um, it slows down the momentum so much. I, I feel like with, on that note, they won't do that. I think they're going to go into Deathstroke. What I'm interested in is if they have reshuffled stuff, if they have reshot things to um, allow for different things to happen. Um, originally, we were uh, Dick was supposed to become Nightwing in the season one finale. So what happens? Do we get this uh, new premiere that was supposed to be the finale, and then we get the flashback episode, and then we get Nightwing? Or do we have to wait a whole other season to see him as Nightwing? I can't handle that. I don't think we have to wait a whole other season because that's a whole other season of a superhero, less superhero show, if that makes sense. Because, like, Starfire is not really into her role completely yet. Beast Boy isn't. Mm-hmm. Raven isn't. You know, they're, and Donna's kind of retired. The only people who are actually superheroes still doing stuff actively is Hawk and Dove. Right. And um, it's... Oh, side note. <laughs> We didn't talk about Ryan Potter. Uh, oh yeah, right, right, right. I will go back to. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, we. Uh, I'll go back to the the momentum thing. Um, just want to point out real quickly. Ryan Potter did this uh, online campaign to be cast as Tim Drake in the Matt Reeves Batman movie, and uh, that didn't happen because for a lot of reasons. Like the movie didn't happen for one. Um, also, they wait uh, the Matt Reeves ba- the, the Matt Reeves Batman movie, the one that is happening with Robert Patterson. Didn't they? pick like four directors for that or am i thinking of the flash movie you're thinking of the flash movie oh actually no he was supposed to be in the batman movie directed by ben affleck there we go so he like he did like a whole campaign he did like a stunt video where he was doing like parkour parkour and martial arts and stuff so he was like campaigning hardcore for this role which wouldn't happen because in the snyder verse the dc extended universe um it was decreed that there was only one robin and it was dick grayson Mm -hmm. Um, but anywho, so Ryan Potter did all this to get noticed by DC, and then they cast him in a role where all his stunts are done by a CG character. Oh, wow. That <laughs> is so sad. I realized this the other day, and I was like, no. He has the ability to do all that stuff, and they're like, no, CG tiger. This It reminds me of, um, did you ever watch Glee? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the character Artie, played by Kevin McHale, mm-hmm. he was uh, wheelchair right. bound, and he was actually the only person on the cast who had dancing experience. And he was in, and he was in a wheelchair for the for yeah. all of it. That's funny because I was just thinking about his version of dancing with myself the other day. Like legitimately, <laughs> like his version of it came. I know from, exactly like, what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, it's good stuff. Great stuff. Um, what were we talking about before that? Momentum. Um, I think that they're going to nip Trigon in the, the bud in the season to premiere. And I think the main thing is going to be Deathstroke because they have a lot to play with. They have like the son, Jericho, and like the, the daughter, the Rose. one who's also missing an eye. Mm-hmm. Rose, there we go. Uh, they have a lot of time to build up to uh, the eventual threat of him. There's a lot going on. I, uh, yeah, that's my prediction for season two is I think that Trigon's, I do agree he was not an impressive villain. So if they finish up with him, that's fine. I mean, he was barely in it to be impressive. So I like that actor. I watched him on Castle. Can't remember his name, but he's funny. I mean, not that Trigon's funny, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're definitely out of time on Beer with Geeks, though, so you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com and thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Check out all the Thought Bubble Audio shows, Beer with Geeks at Facebook, Gmail, and Twitter. You can rate and review us on iTunes. Find us all other places podcasts can be found. Lauren, where can the people find you? You guys can find me anywhere at Lauren Neckowin. Feel free to send me seltzer recommendations. Fantastic. Okay. And you can find me at TimothyPG13. And so until next time, cheers. Cheers.